Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Please welcome the woman of God this morning as she brings the Word of God. Thank you. God bless you. It's such a privilege. It's such a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, um, the pastor was saying that uh, uh, we're going to be, my husband and I are going to be going for a sabbatical in September on the 14th. Uh, we're going to go study the Word of God for nine months. We're going to go through the whole Bible, read every book five times, soak it, uh, study it inductively. And um, we're just going to get refreshed in the Word of God. And then we believe, by the grace of God, we'll come back and pioneer the School of Biblical Studies uh, with YWAM in Cambridge uh, next year. Uh, so Lord willing, we'll see what God is going to do, but it's going to be a glorious time. And, and uh, I'm just so glad. You guys feel like family. Whenever I come, I just feel like I'm home. <laughs> I just love being with you. I love being with you. And this morning, I want to share something that, that has been growing in my heart. I heard a message by a woman named Sandy Kirk two years ago. This is her book, The Flame, uh, the, the Unquenchable Flame. And so I've been studying it. I've been studying the word. Uh, and uh, she helped with, with some of her slides. And, and, and I put together a message this morning. And, and I want to share it with you. <laughs> but I want, I want to give credit to, uh, where credit is due. Uh, Sandy Kirk has studied and prepared. And you know, God gives us all different revelations, doesn't he, that we can learn from one another. And, and, uh, and I pray that this morning you will be really touched as I was. It's, it's affected me. And I, and I believe it's, it's a word for your team as they go out because we're carriers of the gospel. You see, the, the, the message of the cross is God's power. Uh, Andrew Murray said that the message of the cross is God's hiding place of his power. Corinthians says the message of the cross is the power of God. And, 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 and that's where we get the revelation of the love of God. Jesus, Jesus said, there is no greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. He said in John 4, 1 John chapter 4, I, I forgot to tell the team this verse, but 1 John chapter 4, 9, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I was so blessed this morning when our woman, uh, when our sister brought the, uh, the message in tongues and our brother interpreted and, you know, that God wants to reveal his love today. He wants to reveal a fresh uh, revelation, a fresh insight into his love for you. Because you see, God so loved you that he sent his one and only son. There's no other love like it in the world, is there? <laughs> and I just want it. I just want to get so filled with the love of God. I want to get it. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire on the earth. And how I wish it was already kindled. He poured, he was, he was looking forward to Pentecost when we would have the Holy Spirit resting on us with fire so we could bring the gospel with fire. But he said, I first have a baptism to undergo. Jesus had to go through the cross before we could have the fire of the Holy Spirit upon us. <sighs> yeah, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom, 
ransom for many. I believe God is pouring out his spirit on this nation like never before. I believe that, that we, are, we are beginning to see the beginnings of an, a rumbling. I, I, I don't like to say we're going to have a, an awakening, but, but Pastor Jonathan, Jonathan the evangelist was saying, God said, look toward home. Preach the gospel more here. He's been seeing more, more people getting saved recently as he's been doing about eight, ten, ten uh, crusades a year now, the last couple years. Things are starting to shift in this nation. And, and your prayer and mine is that God would send revival. The very heart of revival is the cross. We need to understand that. We have to be people who love the cross, who are so filled with fresh passion for the cross that it doesn't, it's not something back there. It's something right now that we're living in. And, and that's been my prayer over the years. God, reveal the cross to me. I want to know your heart. I want to I have an understanding of the cross. And as I've been praying, I feel like that's why God gave this to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, thank you, Lord, for help. Help to understand it. Help, because I want my heart pierced. I want my heart pierced. And that's what the word of God does. In Hebrews 4, 12, it says that the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, thoughts. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It's, it's, that, it's that cutting. So this message is about being pierced, pierced for the lamb. We, we, we want our hearts to be touched afresh. I do, don't you? I want it, I want it. You see, when, when Mary, when Mary uh, was given Jesus, and at, at eight, they went to the temple, and, and Simeon was there, and he prophesied over this baby. And he said, he said uh, that, that he will be a sign spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own heart too. Oh, Mary's heart was going to be pierced. On the day of Pentecost, what happened when Peter preached the gospel? Ooh, when Peter preached the gospel, it says they were cut to the heart. He said, this Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. And he says, and they were cut to the heart. And they cried out, brothers, what must we do to be saved? <laughs> Woo! They were cut to the heart. I want preaching like that, brother, don't you? Come on. <laughs> we got to get it. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. We want to preach your gospel like that. Holy Spirit, help us. And so I want to take us back on a journey through the cross this morning. You see, when Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he broke bread with his disciples. He said, this is my body broken for you. He took the cup. He said, this is the new covenant of my blood given for you. Whenever you drink it, remember me. Well, we, we, we remember that cup, don't we? But there was another cup that I didn't know about. I didn't understand about. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Remember, Jesus went from that place in, 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 with, with his disciples to the brook, over the brook Hedron that night to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he crossed that brook that was now flowing with blood from thousands of lambs that they'd sacrificed for Passover. It was now pouring into this river, and it was flowing blood. And he crossed over that, that bridge, and he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. That, that's the Garden of Olives. It's the olive grove. What do you do with olives? 
you crush them for oil. Well, he was in that garden as he often went to pray. And he was there and he took his disciples with him. And uh, and I wanted to just tell you about Jonathan Edwards. He was the great revivalist in, in, in the 1700s in America. And he wrote um, about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he entitled it, Christ's Agony, as Jesus looks into the Father's cup. You can look it up on the web. You can read it, Christ's Agony by Jonathan Edwards. Well, I never understood the Father's cup. Do you know about the Father's cup? I didn't. Well, Jesus went to the garden, and he took his disciples, and he said to them, sit here and pray. Sit here and pray. And he went further with Peter, James, and John. And he turned to them, and he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. It's deeply grieved. Matthew, he uses the word that means it's horror-stricken to the point of death. What is that? Why was Jesus saying that? My, my soul, my soul is deeply grieved even to the point of death. He was, he was horror stricken. What, what was going on? Did you know? I didn't know. He said to them, stay here and watch with me. And going further, he fell face down and he prayed. And he cried out with loud tears and cries, praying with all his heart, with passion. Hebrews tells us that with loud cries and tears, he was praying and he was heard. And he said, God, Father, Abba, nothing is impossible with you. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Father, Father, if it's possible, but not my will your will. Not my way, your way. I don't know. I don't know how the father must have been feeling when Jesus was crying out to him, Father, Daddy, Abba, let this cup pass. I don't know. You know when you're, if you're a parent, you know when your kid gets hurt? When they say, help, or don't do it, or don't let me, or please help me. You're just like, ah. Or when they get hurt, you're like, ah. And here, the father is listening to Jesus' cry. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, your will. He went, he went to his disciples and he and he and he and he found his he found them sleeping at his great hour of need. And he said, Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I was asleep to this. I didn't know about the cup. He went back a second time. He said, Father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. He went back and saw his disciples sleeping again. And he went back and he cried out a third time, Father, not my will, your will be done. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Luke, Luke tells us that Jesus, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. What? That, that Greek blood, thrombos, it means, it means blood. Charles Spurgeon, he, he said he, he not only sweat drops of blood, but the blood coagulated and formed heavy clumps 
Heavy blobs of, of blood were falling down onto his, 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 uh, the, the floor. Matthew Henry said, every pore was, as it were, a, be- a bleeding wound and his blood staining his clothes. Why did Jesus dread dying so much? Why did he dread dying? Well, was it that he told his disciples that his body would be broken? He told them on that night his body would be broken, his blood would be poured out. Or was it fearing the high priests, what they would say to him? Or or the soldiers mocking, mocking him cruelly? torturing him. They, they used the scourge. Was it the scourge, the Roman flagellum? That was, that was like strips of, of leather with, with, with metal and, and bone embedded in the, in, in, the, in the leather strips that would be laid into a man's back and ripped out. It would rip hunks of flesh. It would even rip organs out of bodies. It could even rip eyeballs out of their socket. The Jews knew it was so horrific, they would only allow 39 lashes because it could kill a man or or leave a man almost dead. Was he fearing that? Or was it the weight of the cross that he would bear? Or Or was it his mother's pain, knowing that this was going to pierce her heart? What was it? Was it, was it this, the, the spikes that were going to be driven into his healing hands or his feet, into his feet? Or the spear that would be driven into his side? Or the crown of thorn that would be smashed into his skull? What was he dreading so? Was it the heavy weight of sin? The heavy weight of your sin, of my sin, the sins that have ever been committed. We know how that feels, don't we, when we feel guilty. There's a weight on us. And Jesus bore the sins of the whole world. The crushing weight of the sins of the whole world, of yours and mine. Was it that that caused Jesus so much anguish? This, this grief, this horror? Or was it Satan's taunts? You won't make it. You're going to fail. You are a failure. And you'll never rise again. You will stay dead. What was Satan taunting, taunting Jesus with? Or was it because the Father and the Holy Spirit were going to leave him and abandon him on the cross? That he would be alone and forsaken, bearing the sins of the whole world as the father turned his back on his son and poured out his wrath. Well, it's all of it. It's all of it. But so much more. So much more. I wanted to go deep into my heart, don't you? I wanted to go deep into my heart. I wanted to pierce my heart afresh. You know, it wasn't just the death, because there have been thousands of martyrs throughout history that have given their life for Jesus willingly, gladly, gladly being being ripped to shreds by lions, being being ignited on, on bonfires, 
being, being crucified. It wasn't that. The apostle Andrew, before he was crucified, he said, I never would have preached the cross if I feared dying on the cross. Oh, cross, how I have longed to embrace thee. But what was Jesus fearing? Jesus said he was in anguish to the point of death. In Mark, Jesus prays, Abba, the intimate name for daddy, for father. Abba, if you're willing, please remove this cup from me. Jonathan Edwards said his principal reason, Aaron, for coming into this world was to drink the Father's cup. Do you remember when he was arrested? Peter takes his sword out and, and, and cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus says, what are you doing? And he picks up his ear and he heals him. And he says, put away your swords. Shall I not drink the cup that my father has given me to drink? He says, don't you think that I can call? Do you think I, in Matthew 26, do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But then how would the scripture be fulfilled? So what was in that cup? What was in that cup? Well, let, let's look to the Bible. What does the Bible tell us is in that cup? In Isaiah 51, 22, it says, See, I have taken from your hand the cup that made you stagger, the goblet of my wrath. Jeremiah 25, 15 says, Take from my hand this cup filled with the wine of my wrath. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says, We considered him stricken of God, smitten by him and afflicted. The punishment that brought us peace. It says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Other versions say, He was pierced for our transgressions. And he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was put on him, and by his wounds were healed. It was the Father's will to crush him, it says in Isaiah 53. Jesus sees the wrath of God that will roar down on him on the cross. He's looking into that cup, and he sees the ingredients of the Father's wrath. He sees himself through scripture. Do you remember the fire and brimstone that rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah? That fire that fell. He sees himself receiving the fire of that wrath. He sees himself becoming the burning bush that Moses saw in the wilderness. You see, wood is, is a type for humanity. And Jesus, he was human. He was God, the man who became flesh. And he saw himself as being consumed as an offering for sin, ablaze with fire. Jonathan Edwards said, God showed him that Jesus was the fourth man in Nebuchadnezzar's fire. A picture that he would 
one day be ablaze with the wrath of God. Jesus sees the wrath of God in that cup and he's sweating drops of blood. He's ang anguish, even to the point of death, because he sees even more. He sees the very punishment of hell pouring down on him. Do you know, if people could know this, huh? If people knew what Jesus did for them, if he knew, if they could just see, he doesn't want anyone to go to hell. That's why he went there himself, to pay the price for them. People need to know what Jesus went through for them, that he took it for them. The cup is defined in Revelation 14, 10. And it says, the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. And he will be tormented with fire and brimstone. It's for those who reject Christ. They're going to have to drink it. But Jesus drank it. Jesus was looking into that cup. He was looking into that cup. Jonathan Edwards said he would endure the very pangs of hell. The contents of this cup were fully equivalent to the misery of the damned. For it is the wrath of the same God. That is what's in the cup. Jesus is seeing our hell in that cup. Spurgeon, he said all hell was distilled within that cup, thickened and condensed. Billy Graham, he said Jesus' suffering was not simply the death of a man dying a cruel and painful death, as awful as that was. But this is the greatest demonstration of love that has ever been seen in heaven or on earth the cross of Jesus Christ, for he endured our hell. Oh, Jesus, he took our place. He took our place. He stood in the gap and took what was coming. Do you, I don't know if you ever read the, the, the story of the bridge over the River Kauai. During the World War II, there was a POW camp in Japan, and they had to build the Burma Railroad. And they would go out every day with their axes and their picks and their shovels, and they would work on this bridge. And then they would be marched back to the barracks and the, the prison camp, and they would be the, the, the swords and, I mean, the axes and shovels would be counted. And one day, the guard said, one missing. One is missing. Who has it? Step forward or all will die. Step forward or all will die. One is missing. And he was getting irate. Who has this? Who has this? One is missing. Step forward. And, and he gets his gun ready. And, and all will die. So this man steps forward. And this soldier clubs him to death before all the other men. And he was, he was a, a priest. And they went back to the barracks. And they counted the implements. And there was none missing. There was none missing, but he stepped forward to save the rest. That's what Jesus did. He was the innocent one. He took our place. He took our hell, the full weight, what was in that cup. People need to know this, don't they? Mark 14, 
Jesus said, Abba, Father, everything is possible with you. Take this cup from me. He knew all hell was condensed into that cup. The wrath of God. Jesus went through the depths in the gospel. And you see, you see, there's something that happened in eternity before creation even happened. In, in, in eternity past, God said, son, do you remember? Do you remember the covenant that we made together? Son, he said, son, before the world was even made, he said, I want to give you a bride. I want to give you a bride who will love you like I love you, that will spend eternity loving you, son. <laughs> but son, she's going to make terrible mistakes. She's going to sin, and I'm going to have to pour out my wrath. Will you drink my cup? Will you suffer for me? Will you take, stand in their place and drink my cup of burning wrath for their sin? Jesus said, yes, I'll drink it. See, Jesus cut a covenant with his blood. It's an eternal covenant. Hebrews 13, 20 tells us that this is an eternal covenant. You see, God made lots of covenants. He made one with Adam. He made one with Moses, with Abraham. He made one with Noah. He made lots of covenants. But this is a covenant that God the Father made with God the Son. <laughs> and they made it in eternity. <laughs> Ooh, sealed with his blood. First Peter 1.26 says, You were redeemed by the precious blood of a lamb. <laughs> Woo! A lamb without blemish or defect. For he was chosen before the creation of the world. <laughs> Ooh, Revelation 13.8. He tells us he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. World. Oh, and Jesus in the garden, he's looking into that cup and he sees himself as that lamb that's going to be lifted up on that cross bearing our sin. Second Corinthians 5.21 said, God made Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us. Why? So we could become the righteousness of God. <laughs> but on that cross, Jesus was imbued with sin. He, he became our sin. And the cup was lifted up over him. And he was horrified. He was horrified because he knew darkness was coming. And on that cross at noon, darkness covered the whole land. As Jesus hung in, in darkness, as the father tips the cup over his son and pours out his wrath on Jesus. And he tastes our hell. For three hours, he's experiencing the fires of hell. Psalm 42.7 says, wave after wave, all your waves and breakers have washed over me. The punishment we deserved was in that cup. And the father tips it over his beloved son with anguish in the Father's heart. I don't know what heaven was doing at that moment. What the Holy Spirit was doing, the comforter, the one who brings love and heals our brokenness. I don't know what was happening in his heart. What was going on in the Father's heart as he was pouring out his fiery wrath upon his innocent, beautiful son, the Lamb of God. 
as we remember those in the Old Testament, all the things, the sacrifices. It's a picture of what would happen to Jesus, the Lamb of God. To illustrate, to remember, uh, you don't remember, but there was a true story in 1950. Back in, in the States, there was a little farmhouse that lived, that, that was set right alongside a railroad track. And this mother with five children. And she would be doing her chores as she would look out and she would see her children playing in the yard. And she would count whenever she'd hear the train coming, the whistle blowing, she would count one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're all good. But one day she heard the whistle blowing and she counted one, two, three, four, four. She runs out. And where was little Johnny? Where was her baby, her three-year-old? Where she's looking frantically. And then to her horror, she sees him sitting on the tracks. She starts screaming, get off, get off, move, move off the tracks. He doesn't understand. He's just looking at her. So she begins to run with all of her might, with all of her might. And she gets to little Johnny just in time to push him off the tracks as the train crashes into her. You see, that's what Jesus did. He took the weight of the wrath of God that was coming to us. And he pushed us out of the way. That's what Jesus did. What is the wrath of God? It's his deep, violent, and intense judgment against sin. His infinite wrath lasting forever. And it was condensed into that cup. Do you know, we'll never understand the love of God until we understand the wrath of God. And to understand the love of God, we need to understand what he did, how he took it, how he took it. First John 4, 10, this is, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation. What does it mean? It means a sacrifice to overt wrath. <laughs> Ooh, that's what that mother did. She pushed her son out of the coming wrath of that train. That's what Jesus did. That train of the wrath of God was coming to us. And Jesus stood in the way and he said, no, Father, give it to me. Give it to me. Let them go free. Let them go free. He saved us. Woo! He took our wrath and he turned it into favor. <laughs> oh, he's our propitiation. There was a private, Ross McGinnis, in Iraq, and he was on duty. Uh, during his time, he was driving his Jeep, and he sees that uh, an insurgent throws a grenade right in front of his Jeep. He jumps out of his Jeep, and he, he throws his body on that grenade and blows himself up, sparing the three men that are in his Jeep, his comrades. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> On that cross, Jesus cried out. It's kind of an echo to Genesis, isn't it? When, when, when Adam sinned and the father came into the garden and he cried out, Adam, where are you? This brokenhearted God, as now Adam and the father were broken, were separated. And the pain. That filled the Father's heart, and now we hear it again. We see Jesus on that cross. we got to open our hearts. God, help us to understand this cry, this cry that, that pierced the Father's heart. Eli, 
Eli, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The cry that rings out through eternity. You see, Jesus cried that prayer so we would never have to. He was forsaken so we would never have to be forsaken. He was cut off. He was stricken by God and smitten by him. He was crushed by him. The Father was the will of the Lord to crush him. Oh, to bruise him. Why? So that you and I could go free. So that we could be healed. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be loved upon. <laughs> oh, Luther says all theology should be heard in the earshot of this cry of dereliction. How could he do it? How could he do it? He said, not my will, your will. Because he saw you in that cup. He saw your face in that cup. He saw you in that fire. He said, oh God, send me. Yeah, a story of a woman who, who's, who awakens one night to hear her, her baby boy crying. And she wakes up and she goes out and there's, the whole house is filled with smoke. And she gets to his room and it's filled with smoke. And mommy, I can't breathe. And she sees the, the flames and she, she gathers her baby up into her clothes and wraps him up. And she goes to the stairs and she sees the, the flames coming up the stairs. What does she do? She has to get this baby out. So she goes through the fire and her, she feels her, the, the skin on her face melting, her hair being burned, her arms being burned. She feels the pain but she has to get to that door and she knows that handle's going to be hot but she reaches for it she grabs the handle she opens the handle she gets the baby outside she lays him on the ground she hears him crying and then she collapses after years of surgery and plastic surgery and operations it couldn't be repaired when her son grew up and was a teenager a beautiful young man and his friend said to him why why does your mother look so ugly? He said, my mother is the most beautiful woman in the world to me because my mother went through the fire for me. <laughs> she went through the fire for me. <laughs> you see, that's what Jesus did. He went through the fire for you. He saw you in that cup. He said, Father, send me. <laughs> Jesus went through the fire. He was, he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, remember all those sacrifices. He was the burnt offering. Do you know they put the burnt offering on the altar twice daily? They put it on at nine and at three. Jesus was laid out on that cross at nine and he died at three. He was that burnt offering. He was the Passover lamb that was put on a pole and roasted in the fire. Do you know, Mo God told Moses three times, don't boil it, don't bake it, but roast the lamb in fire. Because Jesus was that Passover lamb. In Bethlehem, where all the, all the, all the, babe, all the lambs were born for, for the Passover, Jesus was born in a lamb's birthing cave in Bethlehem because he was the lamb. He was the lamb that was slain. That's what, that's what John the Baptist said when he saw him. He said, you're, you're the lamb slain 
There he is, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. Do you know, and as we look, as we look and we, we, we go to Revelation and we begin to hear what's happening in heaven right now. What's going on in heaven right now? What's happening? Jesus is being worshipped. Revelation 5, of all the names of God in the Bible, the one spoken the most in Revelation is the Lamb. 29 times Jesus is declared the Lamb. And in chapter 5, we look and it says, and they sang a new song. You're worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they'll reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They circled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Maybe the worship team could come up. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them, singing to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Be praise, and honor, and glory, and power forever, and ever, and ever. That's our God. That's what he did. And I know, like, like with me, you want to worship him for that. You want to thank him afresh. Say, Jesus, I want to live out of the reality of that. I don't want to be casual about the cross. I don't want to be casual about sin when it costs you so dearly. I don't want to be casual when I walk by people on the streets. When I'm standing in line, I have an opportunity to talk to somebody on, the, on a bus or a train. God, I want to have your heart for that person because Jesus died for them. We're carrying this message. We're carrying this message. I wonder this morning, today, if you want to pray with me, if we want to make this front and altar this morning and just say, Jesus, I want you to have it all. Maybe make your chair an altar. Say, Jesus, pierce my heart with what pierces yours. I want to be a revivalist. I want to be a carrier of revival fire. Well, it's hidden in the cross. It's all in the cross. If your heart has grown cold, if it's been a while since you've wept over the cross, why don't you ask God to pierce your heart again? To pierce your heart again with his love. Get a fresh revelation of his love. Because as we do, our hearts will break for those who don't know Jesus. If you struggle to pray and weep for those who don't know him, maybe it's because you need a fresh revelation of the cross. I want to encourage you. The Father wants to answer that prayer. He wants to answer that prayer. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.
www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.